Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is Cookbook for the Afflicted, an interview with author, blogger, and health coach, Erica Schlick. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Erica Schlick is a Renaissance woman. She's an architect, co-founder of a user experience design agency, certified health coach, blogger, Instagram curator, and the author of a cookbook entitled The Wandering Palette. Ms. Schlick and her work have been featured on various network television affiliates and radio stations from around the country. She has also appeared on various podcasts, and finally, she was featured on episode four of the Netflix original program, Afflicted. Surprisingly, this young woman has accomplished her many feats despite losing close to three years of her life to chronic Lyme disease. After a camping trip to Yosemite National Park, Ms. Schlick began to feel flu-like symptoms that developed into an illness that prevented her from leaving her bed, showering, or walking upstairs. Ms. Schlick's healing journey to her multi-organ disease was non-linear. Using various alternative therapies, she has regained 99.9% of her health. Erica, can you please describe your life before Lyme disease? Absolutely. So I was nonstop. I was getting my uh, license in architecture. I was studying for my tests. I was traveling all all over the world. I had tons of energy. And really, I was pretty unstoppable. Looking back, I think I was kind of really running myself into the ground and not taking great care of my body, which, you know, by the time I got Lyme, I got really taken down with it. But I really had no issues. I had some issues, actually, I take it back. I did live in an apartment with mold in grad school, um, and I had chronic sinus infections then, but as soon as I moved out, I started feeling pretty good, and so I never really thought twice about it. I never knew that that was something that was already starting to weaken my body and immune system. Um, But in general, you know, I felt pretty good. I was doing everything I wanted to do, working out, studying, passing my exams, getting licensed. I, you know, really didn't have a care in the world. And you were a licensed architect, and you and your boyfriend had your own user experience design agency and built mobile apps, and were really living the life, it sounds like. That's right, yeah. So my boyfriend and I started our company called The UDA about 10 years ago. Um, So, you know, once I got licensed, I wasn't really working in architecture. I was kind of over it by that point. Um, But we had our agency, and so I was working. We had just bought our place in San Francisco. You know, everything was going really, really well for us. And then couple months after we bought our place is when I got bitten by the tick. So after that, everything went downhill. Can you tell us about the tick bite experience? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the tick that bit me, but I pretty much know when it happened. I've only gone camping three times in my life. And I've never really been that much of an outdoorsy person. But I went on a camping trip to Yosemite. And after that, I had you know, some weird bites on me, but I used to get bitten by bugs all the time. So I didn't really think twice about it. I was just like, oh, it's just a spider bite, you know, whatever, it'll go away in a couple days. And after that trip, I was never the same. I got this weird flu, you know, that would kind of come and go and it lasted for about six to eight weeks. Um, You know, I was really tired. I couldn't get out of bed. Like I wasn't really doing much. But again, I used to get sick a lot. I used to get colds and flus and sinus infections a lot. So I didn't really think too, too much of it. Um, And then I just never recovered. After that is when I really started having a lot of cognitive issues and joint pain. I started developing some autoimmune conditions out of the blue. And yeah, I mean, I just, it was just never the same after that camping trip. Erica, can we walk back a minute to the place where you had your tick bite experience? What did you sure. know about ticks? And did you take any steps to protect yourself from tick exposure? I knew absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had no idea 
what ticks were. I had no idea what Lyme disease was. You know, I live in California and I believe I got the bite in Yosemite. And, you know, there's no signs warning anyone about it. No one talks about Lyme in California. You think of Lyme disease as this like East Coast disease that very few people get. And to be honest, I knew absolutely nothing about it. And I didn't have any repellent on. I didn't have any protection on. I was probably wearing shorts and a tank top because it was hot in the summer. And I did absolutely nothing to protect myself. I didn't think I had to. Erica, how long did it take after the camping trip before you started getting sick? Um, it was probably about a, within that next week I started feeling flu-like, you know, and then after that I just thought I, I had a cold and then the bug bite, you know, it was a weird thing. And I, I kind of remember a bug on me and afterwards, you know, you have a lot of time to think about when this could have happened. And I remember having like a tiny little speck on my hand and it was like a tiny tiny bug. I think it was a bug. And I tried to kind of flip it off my hand and I couldn't. I had to really use my fingernail to kind of dig it out. And I remember kind of freaking out. But I remember telling myself like, Erica, don't freak out. A bug that small won't do anything to you. Like I remember having this thought. And so, you know, I don't know for sure if that was it and that was a tick, but I'm 99% sure that that's probably what it was. And, you know, obviously now I know that a bug that small can ruin your life. So unfortunately, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I knew everything I knew now then. But, you know, Lyme disease just isn't talked about in California. Even to this day, people are surprised that we even have it in this state. Erica, did you have the typical Lyme rash after the bite in the camping trip? You know, I had a weird bug bite and but like I said I thought it was just a spider bite you know like it wasn't really like a true bullseye it was just kind of like a red and inflamed bite and like I said you know I get mosquito bites and spider bites all the time so I was just like uh whatever it's just another spider bite like it'll go away and I remember like it being a different rash because I remember us trying to kind of google like what the rash might have looked like but again it wasn't like a true bullseye to be able to be like oh hey this might be Lyme disease I should go to my doctor when you had this weird flu that wouldn't go away, did you go to the doctor at that point? I did eventually. Um, and they're like, oh, it just must be some kind of virus. You know, like we don't really want to give you antibiotics because that won't help if it's a virus and it's probably just a flu virus and it'll just go away. Can you describe how your symptoms progressed from that point forward? Yeah, you know, I never, I never really came out of it. Um, the next big symptom that I had that really started triggering me to go to uh, a functional medicine doctor is one day I got out of the shower and I was drying my hair and I noticed a huge bald spot on the top of my head, like literally the size of, I don't know, maybe like a half dollar coin that just showed up out of nowhere. And I panicked. I mean, who does it when they're in their 20s or your early 30s and you're drying your hair, you've got a bald spot, right? So the doctor, my primary care doctor had referred me to a functional medicine doctor in the Bay Area that she said could maybe help me. I had a few food allergies at the time. So I, you know, I panicked. I made an appointment with him. And he said that it was alopecia, which is an autoimmune condition. So he said he was willing to bet money on it that it was because I was severely gluten intolerant. So we did the test for gluten. Turned out I was gluten intolerant. Turned out I was actually had the celiac gene and was potentially celiac. And so, you know, I cut out gluten right away thinking that that was going to solve all my issues and help me feel better and grow my hair back, which... Fortunately, my hair did grow back, but, you know, that was just the beginning of the iceberg of all the other things that came. And I really think that the Lyme disease kind of triggered that on for me. Erica, can you describe for our listeners the difference between a regular primary care physician and a functional doctor? Sure. Uh, functional medicine tends to work more finding the root cause of what's going on with you. So, you know, instead of just masking your symptoms and giving you symptom relief, they're actually going to dig deep and figure out what might be causing that symptom instead of just kind of covering it up. 
And you were working with your functional doctor from the beginning when you first started getting sick, and he was treating the root causes of your problems before he even knew it was Lyme disease, right? Exactly. Yep. It took him about almost two years to figure out it was Lyme, which I'm kind of disappointed in because, you know, I... I was having a lot of issues and seeing him for two years, and it wasn't until the very end that he suggested a Lyme test. So I kind of wish he kind of would have had the foresight to test me a little bit sooner. Above and beyond those, those severe flu symptoms, can you describe what other symptoms you <clears throat> had from Lyme disease, if there were any neurological symptoms, brain fog, things like that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, once it became chronic, I feel like I had almost every symptom. My absolute worst symptoms were definitely the brain fog, memory issues. I was running stop signs. I couldn't remember my way home. I couldn't think. I had to stop working because I just couldn't function. I had horrific fatigue. Some days I couldn't even get out of bed. You know, taking a shower would exhaust me for days. You know, I had really bad joint pain. There some days that my boyfriend had to carry me up the steps to get back to bed because I couldn't even walk up the steps. The pain was so bad. I had a lot of neurological issues like light and sound sensitivity was really intense. I had neuropathy and tingling in my my hands and feet. I developed a lot of food allergies, which is really difficult to eat and then developed a lot of autoimmune conditions as well. In addition to your functional doctor, how many other doctors did you see over this two-year period? I was mostly seeing him. I saw an allergist, which was basically just treating me for the allergies, and I wasn't really getting anywhere with that. And then my primary care physician, I kind of fired because once I, you know, well, this was before, this was after I found out that I had Lyme. I let her know, I was like, hey, my issue this whole time was Lyme. She completely denied it, um, said it wasn't Lyme, that it was something else, but she didn't know what it was. So like after that, I kind of fired her. But in general, I was mostly just seeing my functional medicine doctor. Did you receive any other diagnosis before your Lyme diagnosis? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I had these conditions as well. I don't necessarily consider them misdiagnosis, but they weren't my root cause. So um, I was diagnosed with alopecia, celiac disease, Hashimoto's. I had SIBO, candida, like different gut issues, the allergies. And so it was this big, long list of things that, you know, like I said, I think Lyme did trigger on all of these conditions, but they weren't really what was causing my issues. And I got to the point where my doctor was treating me for all these things, and I'd feel better maybe for like a week or two, and then I would crash again and get worse and develop new symptoms. And I literally, like two years into it, I just sat in his office, and I just started crying. I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but like, I can't even think anymore. Like, there's something seriously wrong, and nothing is working. And so he said, the only things I haven't tested you for yet is chronic fatigue viruses or Lyme disease. And I was like, well, I doubt it's Lyme disease because I'm not outdoorsy at all. Like I said, I've gone camping three times in my 32 years on this planet. I was like, but test me anyways. I'm like, at this point, I'm willing to rule anything out. And I ended up being CDC positive on Agenic. And I think it's so powerful that the primary care physician that you eventually fired, and rightfully so, made a mm-hmm. comment to you that you told her you were CDC positive for Lyme disease and she got upset with you and said that you don't have it, right? Yeah, it was like the twilight zone. And you know, I had already learned I had Lyme and I had started doing some research and I started seeing that this was really a thing that doctors didn't believe in it. And you know, starting, I started learning about the controversy around Lyme and that doctors are in denial about it. And then so when she said that to me, it's almost like I expected it, but I was also still shocked that a doctor, you know, telling her that I'm CDC positive would just be so dismissive of it. Working with your functional doctor, what types of treatments did you take for Lyme? 
So he actually didn't treat me for Lyme disease. So he said, once I got diagnosed with Lyme, he said he didn't treat Lyme because he said if I did that, that would be all I would do. And he wasn't really interested in doing that. So he referred me to a couple of doctors and I ended up working with some naturopaths that started my healing. So when I first started doing research, I took about a month to, you know, to research the disease, learn about it, learn about the different treatment options and, you know, talk to different people. And I really kind of, you know, wanted to do my due diligence and research on it. And I didn't want to do antibiotics. I was noticing with a lot of people that did antibiotics, they would feel better on them. And then as soon as they came off, they would kind of come back with a vengeance. And they're always kind of on this treadmill with it. You know, there was lots of side effects, like people were losing their gallbladder with certain antibiotics. And it just didn't sound like a path I wanted to go down. And like I had mentioned, I had had like an issue with chronic sinus infections as well when I was living in mold. So, you know, I had already done a lot of antibiotics with that. And I felt like that kind of contributed to my immune system getting pretty worn down. So my whole approach is I wanted to do everything natural as much as I could and see if I could beat this naturally. So the first thing I did was doing homeopathics with no sodes with a practitioner in the Nashville area who actually had Lyme himself and kind of recovered using this treatment. And that was one of the most powerful treatments I did. It was really, really effective. It was about a four-month protocol using different herbs and different homeopathics. And that really, really gave me a good boost out of that. And then after that, I started working with my naturopaths in the Bay Area. And we did a ton of detox. So, you know, I also had heavy metals. So we did a heavy metal detox. Uh, I did a ton of ozone, you know, just things to really clean out my body and not make it a hospitable environment for, for the Lyme to be living in. And then after about two, two years or so, two and a half years of doing, you know, kind of those treatments, like using different herbals, the homeopathics, the ozone, the detoxing, um, I kind of got to a point that I felt like I had killed enough and that it was really about fixing my immune system. So after that, I did some thymus therapy, which really helps to modulate your immune system. It's a peptide that you inject. And then I did stem cell therapy, which is ultimately what got me into remission. The nosos therapy. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what it is for our listeners? So the idea is that everything in the world has a frequency. That means all the microbes, your body, everything. So what they do is they do a biofeedback scan uh, to pick up the different frequencies that are in your body. And from that, they're able to tell, you know, what microbes you might have. So then what you can do is you can use homeopathic and it's called nosode therapy. So the idea is that you imprint those frequencies into the bottle of homeopathics. And what it does is it kind of triggers your immune system to go after that frequency. So instead of your immune system just kind of being haywire and saying, I don't even know what to go after right now. Like, is there anything here? You know, the Lyme likes to hide. This actually really targets it to go after what it needs to go after. So you can use it for, you know, pretty much everything. And the Lyme protocol that I did with this practitioner was about four months long. Um, and it was using different herbs as well, such as teasel and cat's claw. You know, those are all big herbs on the Buner protocol as well. And then in addition to the, the homeopathic. So now you targeted and you really started to kill off the Lyme bacteria using no therapy. And then you decided to move forward with thymus therapy to really help your immune system. I did a lot of stuff in between there. So I did the no therapy was first. And then I did about two years of like different herbals, detox, ozone, tons of ozone. Ozone, I think, was really, really beneficial, too. Um, you know, and then diet change is a huge one, too. And then I went into kind of the immune modulation at like year two, two and a half was when I started the immune modulation therapy. The last thing that you said that's really interesting is that you actually had stem cell therapy for the Lyme. Can you describe that in more detail as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the stem cell therapy was using my own stem cells. So they harvested it from my fat and they took about 50 cc's of fat, which is really not that much. It's just a small little tube of it. And from that, they're able to extract your stem cells, different growth factors, all the things that they want to keep. They process it, takes about two hours, and then they just extract the cells and then they give them back to you via IV. The procedure itself was pretty easy. The process and healing definitely took time. The first 100 days are when your stem cells are starting to replicate, kind of take inventory of what they need to heal. In the beginning, they can be very anti-inflammatory. So some of the symptoms that were more due to inflammation, like my brain fog, went away about eight to 10 weeks post stem cells, which was life-changing. I feel like my brain works awesome now. Like it works better than before I got sick, I think, which has been really, really amazing after where I was. A lot of the neurological stuff does take more time to heal just because your nerves take a long time to heal. So that went away about like month eight to 10. I started to have relief from the neurological issues. You know, it wasn't an overnight fix, but it definitely over the 10 month period pretty much resolved all of my symptoms. Using stem cell therapy, did you feel worse right after? You know, some people do. I personally didn't feel worse. I felt tired. Like you sleep a lot. But if you think about it, you know, your body's repairing itself when you sleep. So you're tired. You definitely want to rest, especially like the first hundred days. I felt tired. By about month five to six, I had a lot of energy. And then around month eight to 10, I got another boost of energy. And, and now I have quite a bit of energy. Now I feel normal and, and good. Did you experience any herxing? Definitely, definitely with the noso therapy, like that was like some crazy herxing. And then with the herbs too, like some of the herbals, the Buner herbs I actually felt really good on. I never, I never had too much herxing. I just felt better. I did some other herbs called biocidin. Um, those were really, really hard on me. And I don't know if I was reacting to the herbs or if I was herxing or what it was, but those were rough. <laughs> I did those for a little bit and I did not like those. But with the noso therapy, I definitely experienced a lot of herxing. So how did you detox throughout all this? Uh, I did a lot. I uh, I have an infrared sauna, which has been amazing. I absolutely love that. I used to do that at least four or five times a week. I would do colonics. I would do detox baths, different charcoals and binders to try to mop up everything, trying to incorporate some like lymphatic drainage and things like that too. So whatever I could to get things out of my body. You've tried everything from immunotherapies, herbs, yoga, ozone therapy, IV glutathione, infrared saunas, stem cell therapies, probiotics, CBD oil. And do you feel all of those were effective in your treatment? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's really about testing things out and seeing what works for your body. That's the funny thing with Lyme is like what helps me may not help someone else. But in general, I would say all of those things really helped me. How are you today? What percentage are you back to your old self? I would say I'm 99.9%. .9 and the only reason I don't say 100 is because good old Lyme triggered on those obnoxious autoimmune conditions for me that I still have to manage. I'm not really symptomatic from any of them. So like the two that I have to manage the most are Hashimoto's and celiac disease. Celiac, I do get symptomatic if I accidentally get gluten. I don't ever willingly eat it, but I'm very sensitive to cross-contamination. So it makes eating out pretty challenging. And I do get tired for about a week, but you know, I have to know that that's gluten, that that's not a Lyme issue. As far as Lyme symptoms go, I'm 100% free from Lyme symptoms. I haven't had any Lyme symptoms in two and a half years. And then the Hashimoto's, you know, for the most part, I finally found a doctor that's really great at managing my thyroid. I do still have some antibodies, which is why I do the sinus therapy every six months or so, just to keep it, you know, under control. But in general, my numbers are finally good. And once I balance that, I got so much more energy and felt so much better. So, you know, between managing those two things, I'd say I'm 99% better. I would be 100% if I didn't have those two issues. <laughs> Erica, can you tell us a little bit about how you are emotionally and whether you face any challenges with PTSD? 
Sure. I mean, emotionally, I did a lot of emotional healing during my healing process, which I think is, you know, another big piece of the Lyme puzzle. You know, to this day, I definitely do have a little PTSD. Like, there's two parts to it. You know, one part is my relationship with nature is so broken. I was, Like I said, I wasn't really an outdoorsy person before, but now I'm petrified of it. Like, I don't want to walk on grass. I won't go hiking. I don't want to go anywhere that's, like, endemic or a possibility of ever getting bitten by a tick again. Like, I'm petrified of that. And then, you know, the other part of it is, you know, you spend so many years just being so sick that you don't ever want to go back to it. And sometimes, you know, if I have an off day or maybe I got glutened or I just, we all have off days, whether we're healthy or not. Like the first thing that sometimes comes to my mind is like, oh my God, is the Lyme coming back? Like, am I sick again? And you know, that's, that can be kind of traumatizing and triggering in itself. And then the next day you wake up and you're fine. But in the moment, you don't ever want to go back to that place. And that sometimes can be the first place that your mind wants to go when you have an off day. So Erica, you have made an unbelievable transformation and, and you're helping many other people as a result of the horrific experiences you've had. Can you share with us some of the things that you've done to help others who are now in the midst of the challenges that you've overcome? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I kind of decided for myself when I was sick was that I really wanted to figure this out so that I could help other people. So there's a couple ways I do that. I have my blog that I started when I was very sick and I kind of started it as a way to document what treatments I was doing, you know, to give people hope. And now that I've been in remission, it's kind of shifted to be more of like a food and health blog because diet is such a huge piece of it as well. So I have really healthy recipes up there. I have blog posts, you know, how to stay healthy, not just for people that are sick, but people that are healthy now so that they can stay healthy. And then obviously like the whole Lyme component, sharing my story, sharing how I got better. So that's one piece of it. I also got my health coaching certification through IIN, which is Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And so I work one-on-one -on -one with different clients that are interested in, you know, there's, again, there's two parts of it. There's people that just kind of want to optimize their health or figure out their diet. And then there's obviously the patients that, you know, are chronically ill with different autoimmune conditions and Lyme disease that I'm helping as well. And then I also just wrote a cookbook last year. So it's my first cookbook. It's called The Wandering Palette. And it's a 28-day meal plan of healthy paleo travel-inspired meals. And it has everything figured out for you. So I really want to make it easy for people. It has your shopping list for each week. It has a 28-day meal plan. So, you know, the whole thing is figured out. It helps you figure out how to take your food to work with you if you work outside the home. And just be able to eat really healthy, eat really clean without having to think about it too much. Eric, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your coaching style. I shared with you when we spoke before the podcast began that you had me at Afflicted. And I, I, watched, I watched the Afflicted episode where your beautiful work was profiled. And what, what moved me so much was that the young woman who you were working with was in so much pain. And her brother was in so much pain and her parents were in so much pain. And the first time she got any relief during, I think maybe even during her life was that she came in contact with you. And what I admired about your coaching style was it was almost understated. Sure. You know, I mean, I think a lot of it is about really making sure that they feel heard. You know, a lot of times, with especially Lyme patients, we go from doctor to doctor, we're told we're crazy, we're told we don't have anything, you know, they test you, your labs are normal, and you start to believe maybe I am crazy, maybe this is in my head. I think really connecting with someone and really understanding and validating what they're feeling and what they're going through as real can be very, very powerful. And really listening, like a lot of times, like I said, these patients go from doctor to doctor, and you know, they're in and out in 15 minutes, the doctor just dismisses them, making sure they have a space to be heard, connect with you, talk about what they're going through and really feel like you're there to advocate for them and help them figure out pieces of their puzzle that they haven't figured out yet. 
Now, Erica, you've, you've tried a number of different therapies in a particular order. Can you share with us when you're coaching your clients how you recommend they use different therapeutic tools that you've used to overcome your challenges? Sure. I think the number one thing is it has to be a therapy that resonates with you. If it's something that, you know, you don't feel is going to heal you or you don't feel is going to be beneficial, then it's probably not going to work because there's always a big kind of mind-body connection. So I always tell people to do something that they feel is going to work for them or benefit them and help them. So I think that's the first key. You know, there's a lot of different treatment options out there. A lot of times, you know, financially, some people can't afford some of these more expensive therapies that maybe I did as well. So I always, you know, try to help them work within their budget and make recommendations of what I think might be the most powerful for them in their budget and something that they can go back to their doctor and talk about and see if it's a good fit for them. I feel like the biggest piece though is just making sure that you resonate and you believe it's going to heal you because if you don't believe it's going to heal you, don't waste your money on it. I'd like to urge our listeners to check you out on the Netflix original series Afflicted that Rich mentioned in episode four and really see how powerful it is. And Erica, if if our listeners want to learn more about your health blog, your health cookbook and your health coaching services, where can they go to find more information? Sure, they can go to my website. It's thetrailtohealth.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, thetrailtohealth. You can follow me there. I post lots of cool health tips and things that I'm doing, recipes. My blog has a ton of healthy recipes. You can order my cookbook from it. I'll even send you a signed copy if you send me an email. <laughs> you can have a, a signed one. And then it also obviously has my blog with all my articles on there as well. Erica, I have one last question for you. If someone is not sick and they want to avoid getting sick, what would you recommend that they do to prevent themselves from having to hire you as their coach, for example? Diet is a huge piece of it. And some people think that they're eating healthy, but they're really not. So, you know, making sure that you're really connected to your body, listening to the signals it gives you and, you know, optimizing foods for your diet, I think is a huge piece of it. Another thing, I think this has become really popular in the past couple of years is incorporating self-care and whatever that means to you, you know, making sure you're managing your stress, things like that. And then obviously, if you're going to be outdoors, protect yourself. (laughs) You know, I wish that's something I had known before, you know, just being really aware of your environment. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with guest Erica Schlick. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to join me in purchasing The Wandering Palette, Erica Schlick's cookbook full of paleo and gluten-free recipes, or learn more about the Trail to Health blog, please visit her website at thetrailtohealth.com or her Instagram at thetrailtohealth. Second, If you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp interview with Erica Schlick, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of this post. Third, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest rating on iTunes or our website. This is a new effort on our part, and we could really use your help when it comes to creating a show you would like to listen to. We make it a point to read every one of your reviews. Thank you for listening.